It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucratic the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. Thank you to the team I work with. That's producers, Steve, producers, Luke, uh, Patty, Keith, Jen, Echo, Charlie, and Zach, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. We took a few days off, um, producer Luke, and we're back in the saddle now. We are back. We did it. We yep. made it. You had a good vacation? I did. I did. It was very nice. I had the girlfriend come in from L.A. and showed her around all the small town Colorado stuff, and it was very nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're back in the, back in the saddle. There's a lot going on. Uh, we did what we did is um, we broadcast six different America's Veterans Stories shows, and I heard from many listeners that they really enjoyed that. Of course, yesterday was the anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and the last uh, AVS or American's Veterans Stories um, show that we broadcast was with a couple of my cousins, who we had a cousin that was killed at Pearl Harbor. And just this last Memorial Day, they brought his remains home to Mound City, Missouri. So uh, all the stories were uh, just really, I think, great. And I, I'm glad that you all appreciated that. And, and Luke, thanks for the, all the work that you did to get all this lined around uh, to make th- this happen. Of course, uh, Steve was very involved in that as well. So it's great to be back. And check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests, our most recent essays. Uh, you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, while we were gone, a lot happened. Um, Warnock apparently uh, has been declared the winner in that Senate race in Georgia. And that um, is curious, but uh, that's about all I'm going to say. Any comments on that, Luke? Uh, I would be lying if I said I was surprised. I wasn't surprised either. Yeah, it's, it, I think it ended up being exactly as I expected it to be. That's exactly what uh, I thought as well. And um, so onward and upward. What does this mean exactly? Of course, then also, I guess we haven't talked about uh, Elon Musk and the whole Twitter thing last Friday. And um, looks like the government, the FBI, is probably been messing around with these big tech companies they've been very cozy and in the constitution it says we're supposed to have freedom of the press so um and uh, f- you know just freedom across there and so what do you think about that luke uh, also i'm i'm really not surprised i mean i expected it 
Uh, but I also kind of expected a bigger response when all this information came out. Uh, they're doing a pretty good job of burying it even still. They uh, are. Which is very scary, I think. Which means that people that aren't paying attention don't know that this is going on. And uh, we're in a very dangerous time if this is what, if not if, this is going on. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, so something's going to happen <clears throat> with all this. I don't know what it's going to be exactly. And, of course, then Trump apparently made the comment that perhaps some of the Constitution should be sp- suspended. Not quite sure. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, Lincoln suspended the Constitution, the habeas corpus, during the Civil War. Not sure I always agreed with that. But all the people that are up in arms about Trump saying that have been stomping all over the Constitution and probably haven't even read it. Uh, Now they want to protect it, but they have been assaulting it. But probably from a, from a, a, uh, for people that aren't paying attention, don't know the Twitter thing, uh, boy, they're having a heyday with Trump saying that. Oh, they absolutely are. I also think, man, if if he was going to, I don't know if that's what he meant to say, but the way he said it was not... Not a great idea, in my opinion. It just it, it came across wrong. It's like, you know, it's all about messaging and branding like we had talked about previously. And boy, was that a big hit to it. I know. And and although think about how he's attacked all the time. I mean, it's since the day he came down that escalator. I mean, he has been attacked. And the reason is, is because uh, he is really I think he really worked to. To clean up this deep state, but I think he had no idea how deep this how deep this goes, and the American people don't realize just uh, how how dangerous this is. So, I, I wanted to go to Maggie Thatcher for our quotes, and of course, she has the the famous one that we'll uh, use at the end of the the show about um, the problem with socialism is ultimately you run out of other people's money. But she was strong, and you're much too young. But the first Bush, H.W. Bush, um, he lost the second election because he looked into the camera and he said, read my lips, no new taxes. And then there were new taxes. He supported new taxes. And uh, so he was wobbly. And on a variety of different things, he got wobbly, and Maggie Thatcher said said to him, she said, remember, George, this is no time to go wobbly. And I just, I loved that, um, because she knew her principles, and she stood by them, and uh, she was really good for Britain. And there's this amazing relationship between her and Pope John Paul II and Ronald Reagan. And the three of them really, they brought down a lot of communism and they did it without firing a shot. They did it with rhetoric, with words, with which is why we do this show every day, Luke. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I agree. I agree. So let's uh, let's go on here. Um, we did record a new AVS show this week with the ninety-seven-year-old Cletus Bailey, World War II veteran. And he uh, he went to Europe right after the Battle of the Bulge. And interestingly enough, he uh, we recorded that on Tuesday. Wednesday, he was leaving to fly to Europe. Uh, of course, he had some escorts with him. And some of my friends over there are going to take him around to uh, the places that he was in World War II. So it's a very interesting 
story. He he uh, is from Tennessee, so he has a bit of a southern draw. So you really have to listen. But again, that is what's uh, going to be broadcast this Sunday, three to four p.m. Regarding, uh, we're going to be getting uh, talking with Robert Bryce here in just a, f- a moment. We're going to talk with him for three segments in this first hour. Uh, Susan Kochevar, we'll talk with her in the second hour regarding this uh, family leave insurance program that was passed here in Colorado. But uh, several different things here. Uh, first of all, this is from the Daily Caller. It says, um, the title is, Here's how the CDC used a back channel with Twitter to control the COVID-19 narrative. It says, Twitter set up a portal for government officials and, I have this in air quotes, stakeholders, to submit posts that allegedly contain COVID-19 misinformation for Twitter to review, according to documents released by America First Legal on Tuesday. It said Twitter officials used the portal to track online posts for review and invited CDC uh, officials to enroll, according to documents that AFL, uh, and that's America First Legal, obtained through its litigation against the CDC. Twitter's Todd O'Boyle enrolled the CDC's Carol Crawford in the portal in May 2021 after she sent an email labeled COVID misinformation with links to several Twitter posts who wrote about microchips and vaccine shedding. O'Boyle described the channel as the best way to get a spreadsheet like this reviewed. And uh, uh, another thing that that, uh, we heard is that apparently Katie Hobbs uh, submitted um, some quote-unquote misinformation to Twitter regarding Carrie Lake. And uh, this is is actually really scary what's going on in our country right now, Luke. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, it's been scary for a little while now, I think. But as the mask is slowly coming off, I think more people are uh, waking (laughs) up to it. Yeah, because they're not not really hiding it anymore. I mean, if they are, they're doing a poor job because there's so much information out there. People are either just willingly ignoring it or they're being gaslit into believing it's not true. True, true. So that takes us to the next... um the next headline from the Epic Times, it says Pfizer BioNTech asks FDA to clear updated COVID-19 vaccine for babies and toddlers. This is almost criminal when we look at what at, at these vaccine injuries. Have you seen have you noticed um, these headlines that come across? I'll see like that young country star died. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't believe just a number of people. They just seem to be falling over. Do, is that registering with the kids your age or, or, or not? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I mean, a lot of my core friend group leans definitely a lot more left. Uh, and it's not something even on their radar. Uh, and if it is, it's misinformation and not true. And uh, it's it's rough because they're, I mean, you got to think how deeply ingrained they are into the other elements of society. I mean, they're all going to school and, you know, the schools are run by predominantly left-leaning individuals and you know the social media platforms they're all on are run by predominantly left-leaning individuals and you know once musk took twitter they all left twitter because they didn't want any right-leaning stuff it's it's totally either they're willingly ignoring it Mm -hmm. or they're unwillingly ignoring it or either way it's not something that they think is worthy of uh unbelievable uh and and they're being indoctrinated with that and then this lack of intellectual curiosity, not only with uh, kids your generation, but across the the spectrum. I think a lot of people are waking up. We need to have these conversations, but uh, it's uh, rather uh, rather remarkable. 
So before we go to break, the show comes to you because I have a lot of really great sponsors. And one of those is Hooters Restaurants. And they have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Westminster, uh, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs. And they have happy hour Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. And uh, they have all kinds of different specials with that. Their lunch special Monday through Friday is 11 to 2 p.m. And again, they have specials on that as well. Saturdays, if you're going to watch the games there and don't want to take the kids, kids eat free all day Saturday with the um, purchase of an adult entree. And uh, they have a military discount as well, 10% off uh, for all military. Then you must be in uniform or, or show your ID. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Robert Bryce. Uh, he is an expert on energy. He's uh, got an excellent documentary, a new book out. And uh, you can find him at robertbryce.com. That's Robert, B-R-Y-C-E.com. Uh, we'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, on the line with me is Robert Rice. He's a Texas-based author, journalist, podcaster, film producer, and public speaker. His documentary, Jews, How Electricity Explains the World, was produced along with Austin-based film director Tyson Culver in mid-2020. And that is available on many streaming platforms. And his latest book is A Question of Power, Electricity and the Wealth of Nations. And then his uh, podcast is uh, Power Hungry. Robert Bryce, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Good morning. It's great to have you. And um, we have been paying attention to things that are occurring here in America and uh, actually, I'm talking to many people that are getting their most recent uh, XL uh, energy bills, and they have doubled. 
but over in Europe, it's very serious in Germany and the uh, the UK, and I don't think people realize that. So, um, what should people know about that, Robert Bryce? Well, the first thing is that Europe committed energy suicide. This is all the result of bad policy that the European <clears throat> countries adopted themselves. And I've been saying the same thing for a very long time. I testified before the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee a year ago last month, in November of 2021. And I warned them, I said, don't follow Europe's example. And, and then, remember, this is before the beginning of the war, or Russia's invasion of Ukraine, rather. And I said, what did Europe do? I, and I've been writing about this ever since. What did, Europe made four critical errors. They overinvested in renewables. They underinvested in hydrocarbons. They prematurely closed their coal and nuclear plants. And they relied too heavily on imports. And so all of those things together have put their entire economy in the ditch. And they are facing, I mean, deindustrialization, total uh, destruction of their economies. Their, their uh, electricity and natural gas prices are... Uh, multiples of what we see here in the U.S. Um, I'm just looking at uh, the day-ahead prices right now, in fact, for uh, okay for Germany tomorrow, $400 per 400 euros per megawatt hour. So what is that? We'll call it $450 per megawatt hour here in the U.S. That same amount of electricity on the wholesale market is probably, what, $50, $60, $70, something like that. I mean, it's just crazy what is happening in Europe, and it is all their own fault. Well, this public policy that you said regarding their energy suicide, that seems to be the policies that we have going on here as well. This um, push to renewables, trying to kneecap our hydrocarbons, um, um, you know, shutting down our coal-fired plants. Uh, It seems like the template is being used here in America now, too. Well, I, I wish I could disagree with you, Jim, but and, and I'll preface this by saying I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I'm disgusted. But this administration, in, when it comes to energy policy, is uh, it, their, their policies are they're designed, what they're pushing are the very same failed policies that we see in Europe. They, they're pushing this renewable agenda that is, I think, is just a complete dead end. Are renewables going to grow? Yes. Solar? Yes. But what we see in Europe is that they now their 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 power prices in particular are dependent on how hard the wind is blowing. I mean, it, we don't want our the most critical network, the electric grid, to be dependent on the weather. We want it to be absolutely independent of the weather. But we see over the last week or two in Britain in particular that um, the the power prices are fluctuating wildly depending on how much the wind uh, power there is available. This is crazy town. I mean, absolutely crazy town. And what we see across Europe is widespread deindustrialization, and it's only going to accelerate from here. Well, what's going to happen to people then? Well, people are in Europeans across the continent. They're doing without heat. We already see this where in Britain people are, you know, just barely scraping by trying to use, not turning their heaters on, wearing their coats inside, you know, drastically trying to cut their energy use because their bills are so high. And so that's on the consumer side. But on the industrial side, you already see companies announcing that they're leaving Europe. Um, now, the fertilizer production has increased somewhat, right? There was a lot of worry about early on, uh, and I'm talking about months ago, about fertilizer plants shutting down in Europe, and maybe perhaps for good. But numerous industrial firms have warned the European Commission about these high prices. 
And we've already seen BASF, one of the largest chemical producers in the world, has already announced move, that it has moved uh, at least two of its operations out of Germany and, in, uh, and expanded their, uh, their operations in Louisiana. I think it's in Geismar. So we're going to see a lot of, of, of industrial plants leaving Europe. Uh, a lot of them will come to the U.S., which is good for us, I suppose, but it's terrible for Britain and I mean, terrible for Europe, terrible for Britain. Well, do you think people are going to rise up? I mean, we we have seen, uh, and not on mainstream media, but mass protests regarding, well, for example, in the I think it was in the Netherlands, the farmers there where they're being told that they need to call some of their herds. I mean, this is this is the basics for people, food and energy. It's it's almost like a bad dream that we're talking about this, Robert Bryce. Well, I, I, I wish I could say something that would take the opposite side of what you're, you're claiming, but uh, or what you're saying there, Kim. But I'm also just looking at the prices today. So the TTF Trading Hub, uh, that is the that's the trading hub in Holland. That is the kind of the Europe's version of the Henry Hub here in the U.S. So their spot price is today for the, the what's called the front month, right? So the next month. Spot price is $46 per million BTUs. At Henry Hub today, it's $5.80. So that's what six differential. They're paying eight times more for their natural gas than we are in the United States. So this affects everybody. And and, and uh, the ripples through the economy, particularly in countries where they're heavily dependent on gas-fired electricity, it's going to be just, just a massive destruction for those countries and, and cause, um, you know, the, of course, the, who's going to pay the highest cost? The poor and the middle class, in terms of their total income, they're going to be the ones that get hammered by this. Um, but again, you know, their, their policies are so confused, and the European leadership is saying, oh, well, we just need more renewables. What are you, crazy? I mean, you're, you're not paying attention to what has already happened. So what does Europe need to do? They need to start drilling, and they need to start drilling yesterday. But I don't see that happening, unfortunately. Boy, uh <laughs> Uh, this is. Yeah, I wish I, I, I wish I could say, oh, there's there's some silver lining or there's something happening here that indicates that all will be well. No, I don't think it's that. That's simply just not the case. Um, I had a guest on my podcast a while ago, uh, John Constable, who talked about this, and um, he's with the Global Warming Policy Foundation, and he had this great quote and one that I think is really pretty much devastating. Um, it was in July. I had him on the Power Hungry podcast. I'll read you the, the quote. He said, the official policy in Europe is now, he said, is to, I'm quoting, further reduce energy consumption. The only result of that will be total deindustrialization, at which point Europe will simply become a theme park of its own cultural past. Oh, my goodness. And it's just it's devastating. You know, here's a continent that is, you know, rose with the Industrial Revolution, and now it is deindustrializing, and it will be a theme park of its own cultural past. So it'll be a place where Americans, you know, Chinese, Japanese, other other countries go and visit. Oh, look at that cute castle. Oh, look at that cute something or other, right? Mm. But they've destroyed their industrial economy with this, this the, by following the fairy tale of renewables, and that's what it is. It's a mirage, and they bought it hook, line, and sinker, and it's... Uh, it, there, we, we have to avoid that here in the United States. But I, I see from a public policy standpoint here in the United States that um, the narrative seems to be trying to move us towards that. Out here in Colorado, uh, again, people are seeing double their energy bills. I was talking to a young person yesterday, and they said, uh, and the, you go to the grocery store and you look at the prices there, and you mentioned it is the 
the poor, the middle class that are hurt the most with this. And it sure. seems like there's a deaf ear by, I call them PBIs, uh, Robert Bryce, um, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. Uh, and, you know, I look at XL Energy. The deal is supposed to be they provide energy. I pay for it. They provide it at the best, uh, the lowest possible price that they can. Uh, and then with this public policy, though, trying to move us to renewables and shutting down our coal-fired plants, it is increasing the price. And it, and Excel and, and um, the Colorado PBIs, they're all in bed together. Uh, and the consumer's the one that's that's being hurt because of this bad policy. No, I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you, but I think I'll reflect back to you the conversation I had here with uh, uh, an acquaintance in Austin. And I've repeated this many times, and it's one of these moments where it's very instructive, right, uh, ultimately. And it was a rather unpleasant conversation at the time. But this person, we're talking about energy policy and so on. This is a, a year and a half ago or so. And I was explaining what I was working on, and, and uh, you know, I've been writing about energy and power issues for 30 years. I've published six books. This is what I do, right? This is all the time. Every day I think about this. Mm-hmm. And this person said, oh, well, the problem is energy is too cheap. And I looked at this person and I thought, you are out of your mind. I mean, you have totally lost it. Yeah, because but that is, I bring that up because that is this left woke, I, I don't like to use that word woke, but I, this is that's what it is. It's this idea that somehow we humans are living too well and that we need to do less, live less, this idea, this attraction to the garden. Right? Oh, we, we've fallen from grace. We need to go back to Eden, and we need to get right with God and nature, which are, in this case, are the same thing. But that's this, this mindset around we need to use less, <clears throat> we need to make energy more expensive, all of which, all of which, and I'm not going to use this word, but it, it adds to the poor. I mean, just it just is terrible for the poor. When you think about the working class and the people who have to buy gasoline to commute from their places, they don't generally, these people, the carpenters, the bricklayers, the, the tradesmen, the sheet wall, the, uh, the uh, sheetrock hangers, the concrete, these people don't live in the central part of town. They have to live on the outskirts of town. They have to buy a lot of gasoline. They have to drive. So this whole concept that we're going to make energy more expensive just punishes those people. And it's being foisted on the culture by the elites. And I, and I don't like to use that term, but that is what it is. Coastal elites, big NGOs, they're not environmental groups, they're NGOs, climate activists. This is their goal. And I, I'm, 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 I, 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 I make a living by, in part by pointing it out, but it deeply disgusts me. Well, it is really disgusting because somehow we've gone from, I remember that it used to be that one of the things we wanted to do is to eradicate world hunger. And because of, uh, um, I call it reliable, efficient, affordable, and abundant energy, we have been able to to really take steps on eradicating world hunger because the efficiency of American farmers, European farmers, um, and we've moved away from caring about people to implementing policies that are going to cause more world hunger, Robert Bryce? Well, it's interesting you talk about that, Kim, because one of the knock-on effects that we're going to see, and I think it's going to be delayed. It, well, it is going to be delayed. It's not gonna, we're not going to see it immediately. <clears throat> 
but there are multiple factors that are coming into play here in terms of global food supplies. Uh, we've already seen some of the precursor of this in Sri Lanka and elsewhere, but the uh, the drop in fertilizer production in Europe and the, in some cases the reduction in fertilizer and, and plant nutrients out of Russia, this is going to have knock-on effects on ag all over the world. And it's not necessarily going to affect the United States because we're wealthy here and we can afford a few extra bucks at the, at the supermarket. But we're already starting to see food insecurity become a key issue in Africa and in South Asia. And this is part of the knock-on effects due to higher natural gas prices. Natural gas is the key input into nitrogen fertilizers, and that then results in less food availability. So um, the, the ideas around hunger and food supply are complex. But the reality is that our entire agricultural system depends on low-cost hydrocarbons, both for the cultivation and for the, uh, for the fertilization of the, the four main cereal uh, crops, corn, rice, uh, wheat, and soybeans. And any reduction in those availability of those nutrients means less output of those, of those grains, which means higher prices or, and or shortages. Wow. Okay, let's go to break. I'm talking with Robert Bryce. You can find him at robertbryce.com. That's B-R-Y-C-E, robertbryce.com. His um, podcast is the Power Hungry Podcast. He has a, a documentary that came out in 2020, and that was Juice, How Electricity Explains the World. He's written six books, the latest, A Question of Power, Electricity and the Wealth of Nations. We'll be right back with Robert Bryce. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force or coerce or any of those things, people to do it. On the line with me is uh, Robert Bryce. You can find him at Robert Bryce. That's B-R-Y-C-E dot com. And Robert, I wanted to give a shout out to, and, and I've had you on before, and I know a lot of folks out here, you know, really, they're fans of yours. 
but I want to give a shout out to Michael, who's one of our listeners. And he said, Kim, I'm a big fan of Robert Bryce. I often recommend his writings, books, and website and Power Hungry podcast as a high quality crash course in energy and power. The breadth, breadth and depth of his understanding, the scope and credibility of the experts he interviews, and his reasonable, sane, fair, and open-minded approach are without equal. And then she did, or he did send some questions, and we're kind of working through that, but uh, boy, and, and this is from someone who is an engineer, uh, graduated from the Colorado School of Mines, so I think that that, I think that um, is a, quite the compliment, Robert Price. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. So let's uh, let's move over here to electric vehicles, uh, and sure. in Switzerland, uh, and of course, there's this push for EVs. And I have Lauren Fix on quite often, the car coach. So we've had significant uh, conversations about that. But recently, Switzerland, because of the energy situation situation in Europe, uh, apparently is said to not charge your electric vehicle. So this is really an assault on freedom of mobility from. What I can tell, Robert. Well, isn't it rich, though? <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it rich? And we, we, we've already seen this in California, the state where just a few days after they, they, they formalize a ban on the sale of internal combustion engine vehicles, there's a power shortage, and the state asks people who own EVs not to charge their cars. And there's no... There, there's. I don't know. I don't use this phrase or this cognitive dissonance, right? <laughs> You've got a policy that you're pushing. Oh, by the way, and now we're in a crisis. Oh, well, this, this policy, don't ignore the bad part of this policy. Look, it, we could talk. I, I know we have only a certain amount of time today. We could go on and on about electric vehicles and the problems with them. I've been a longtime critic, proudly so. A dozen years ago, I said electric vehicles are the next big thing, and they always will be. Okay, well, so now people will say, oh, well, but see the growth in electric vehicles. Okay, I'll say, yes, okay, I agree. Last year, in, in terms of total new car sales in the U.S., electric vehicles, if memory serves, I think accounted for 3%, 3.1%, 3.2% of all new car sales in America. And today, in America, they account for one-half of 1% of all the vehicles on the road. And yet, there is this frenzy, oh, we're going to build all these EV charging stations. This is one of the big themes of the Biden administration. Oh, we're going to build all these EV charging stations. Okay, fine. Who buys EVs? It's rich people. It's rich people. It's the Benz and Beamer crowd. It is not the working class. It is not the tradesmen. There is something, again, like these... Ideas about make energy more expensive that apply directly to this EV madness, and it always ignores the fact that we use a staggering amount of energy in the form of diesel fuel and gasoline. And yet, where this claim, oh, we're all going to switch to EVs, here's the short answer no, we won't. So, with that, uh, going back over to agriculture, and I'm from Western Kansas, so I, I understand rural America, I love it. Uh, there had been a, an article that I had seen regarding electric tractors, and it's, and uh, it seems like the manufacturers of tractors and combines should just say, this is nuts, because what farmer is going to, let's say during harvest, uh, getting, you know, harvesting food for people to eat or to feed animals for people to eat so, so people don't go hungry, that uh, you would charge a combine uh, and uh, you, where, where are you going to get find a charging station out in the middle of rural uh, America? And uh, during 
harvest season, I mean, they run the, they run almost 24-7 if they can because they want to get the crop in. There's always the, the risk of weather, hailstorms. And what planet are people on thinking that they might want to move to electric tractors and combines? It's nuts, Robert. You know, it, you, uh, yes, <laughs> what you said. <laughs> yeah. I agree. But, you know, this is part of this kind of mass delusion we have around the ideas around batteries. It's like electric vehicles are not a new technology. The, 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 I can point you to articles that were published in the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, 110 years ago, talking about how the electric vehicle is superior to the internal combustion engine. All of this goes back to basic physics. It's not about want to. It's not about money. It's about the basics of physics, which is energy density. Why do we use diesel fuel and the diesel engine? Well, a couple of reasons. So the diesel fuel itself, the energy density of diesel fuel is off the charts, uh, 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 13,000 BTUs per gallon. I mean, it's just an incredibly energy-dense substance. And then you put in this miraculous engine designed by Rudolf Diesel that has some of the highest power density, that is, the amount of energy flow that it can harness and, 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 and do so for, you know, for years. These engines are just a marvel of technology. That's why our entire industrial base, our agricultural base, is the prime mover for it is the diesel engine. And so... These claims that, oh, yeah, we're just going to electrify, uh, you know, bulldozers and heavy, you know, semi-trucks. It's crazy town. It is crazy town. Um, Robert, ex- I don't want to get too, crit- too technical here. Again. Crazy town. It's <laughs> crazy town. Uh, that works for me. Explain energy density to our listeners. Sure. Well, so imagine that you're, that you, you're I'm holding a... a uh, a bottle, uh, like a Coca-Cola or a can, a, a can of uh, uh, soda pop, right? 12 ounces. Okay, so imagine uh, that I take all the, pour all the fluid out of it, I cut the top off, and I fill it with leaves or sawdust. Well, so the amount of energy in those leaves or sawdust in that one uh, volume, that 12-ounce volume, would is, you know, there's some energy there. But then imagine I dump that out, and then, then I replace it with, let's say, asphalt or gasoline, well, of course, the amount of energy in that one container is far greater in the gasoline than it is than it would be if I had filled it with sawdust or leaves. That's critical, especially in our vehicles. We need things that are compact. We want to put as much energy in there as we can, so we then we can put our I don't play golf golf clubs or our you know baby stroller or something in there. We need a high energy density a source that allows us in our in our mobile applications and our transportation to have room for other stuff or to be able to push dirt or to harvest the soybeans or whatever it is. So this energy density is absolutely critical. The power density is the other part of that, which is what I part of what I call the four imperatives, power density, energy density, cost, and scale. Power density is the amount of energy flow that you can get from a given area, volume, or mass. And that's why I'm so critical of renewables. And the wind energy business in particular is because the power density is so low, which means you requ- it requires vast amounts of land. And mm-hmm. we don't have any extra land in America. And that's what we're seeing is increasing conflicts around the siting of renewables all over the country, including in Colorado. And what about – so Enviro's had uh, – you know, really push these renewables, and also then we look over at endangered species, but they seem to, to have a blind eye to the number of, of birds, bald eagles, that are being chopped up in these um, 
uh, wind turbines. Your thoughts on that, Robert? Well, look, I'm an avid bird watcher and have been for 30 years. And the fact that the wind industry is getting uh, essentially carte blanche and the, the federal government is ready to give them permits and allow them to legally kill bald and golden eagles, just again, technical talk here, grills my cheese. I mean, <laughs> come on. Imagine if this was the oil and gas industry. But let's set aside the eagle issue. Well, I'll make one other quick point. You're in Colorado. In Wyoming, last uh, just earlier this year, NextEra Energy was fined some $30 million by the Fish and Wildlife Service. Why? NextEra was warned three different times by the Fish and Wildlife Service not to cite a wind project in the middle of known golden eagle habitat. The company did it anyway. They should have been charged with felony violations of the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act and the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. And so they got a slap on the hand. They paid a fine. The fine that they will pay is less than what they're going to make on the investment tax credit or production tax credit for putting the wind turbines in the middle of eagle habitat. That is not corporate responsibility. But let me talk about something else, which is the North Atlantic right whale. And in fact, I've been writing about this a lot. This, you know, this craze for offshore wind, which is being pushed by some of the biggest NGOs. I don't call them environmental groups because they're not environmentalists. These NGOs, these climate activist groups, are pushing for offshore wind. And where do they want to put these wind turbines? Right in the middle of North Atlantic uh, uh, right whale habitat, one of the most critically endangered animals on the planet. And they're just saying, oh, yeah, well, of course, we need more offshore wind. And there's a new group called Turn Forward. I just was sending an email to them. They're just formed. Who's on their the board of advisors, Natural Resources Defense Council, one of the biggest cheerleaders for offshore wind. And I asked, well, what's your position on right whales? Oh, we don't have a position. You don't have a position. I mean, it's just ridiculous. These NGOs, these climate activists, they are willing to turn a blind eye to the peril that some of our most endangered and most iconic wildlife are facing due to the encroachment of wind energy, and they just turned a blind eye to all of it. Uh, yeah, it grills but, my cheese. I'm getting worked up here, and it's not even 8 o'clock. <laughs> well, you can thank me. How's it? <laughs> uh, and NGOs are non-governmental organizations. Many times right. they have tax-free status. And uh, and but yet they they use they use their their power to influence policy, and here just this blind eye towards our environment. I we as humans have a responsibility to be good stewards of our our earth. We also have a responsibility to put forward policies where uh, human beings can thrive and flourish. In a responsible manner. And right now, uh, we see these, um, first of all, I I didn't know this about this blind eye towards uh, our endangered species and also our uh, golden um, bald eagles, golden and bald eagles. But uh, then also what we see then in Europe is these policies are, are going to put people in desperate situations. I, I can see people in Europe now going out and starting to cut down forests again because uh, they're going to need to stay warm. What do you think, Robert? Well, that's already happening. I mean, we already have seen that. There are numerous news reports about this, about <clears throat> numerous European countries where the regular citizens are going out stockpiling firewood because they're concerned about the availability of natural gas. And here's, you didn't ask about this, Kim, but I have to point out that, you know, you're, uh, in the U.K., they've had a lot of turnover in their leadership, right? You, you saw this. Yes. Uh, Liz Truss mm-hmm. was the prime minister. She lasted six weeks. She was replaced by Rishi Sunak. 
Well, both of them are Tories. So they're our version of the Republicans, right? Well, there's not the exact parallel, but still, they're, the, they're, on, they're in the conservative side. One of the first things that Liz Truss did when she got into office was to repeal the ban on hydraulic fracturing. Why? Because Britain has big natural gas resources. They have some of the best shale in the world, but they have to drill for it. Well, Rishi Sunak comes in. One of the first things he does as the new prime minister is to reinstate the ban on hydraulic fracturing. So if what energy company in the world, in their right mind, is going to go into Britain and say, okay, we trust you, we're going to drill here, when these are the Tories saying, oh, well, yes, fracking, then no fracking. I mean, it's craziness. They don't, are not, they're not seeing how desperate the situation is, and they're compounding their er earlier errors with yet more errors. And the quote, I normally do a quote at the beginning and the end of the show, and the one that I chose for the beginning was uh, Margaret Thatcher when she was uh, talking to George uh, H.W. Bush. She said, remember, George, this this is no time to go wobbly. And I thought, oh, that's uh, (laughs) we're in that time right now. Robert Bryce, we're going to go to break. Fascinating. Uh, And again, you can find him at Robert Bryce. That's B-R-Y-C-E dot com, robertbryce.com. Before we go to break, uh, the nonprofit, the charity that I uh, totally just am supporting is the USMC Memorial Foundation. And Paula Sarrell, she's a Vietnam veteran, a Gold Star wife. She and her team are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And uh, they're doing just great work on that. They're in the fundraising stage right now. You can help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. And also, if you would like to buy a brick to honor uh, one of your loved ones or your military service uh, for one of their walkways, you can do that at usmcmemorialfoundation.org as well. It's a great gift. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Robert Bryce. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving. 
and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights safely and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it or coerce or use public policy to pick winners and losers. Uh, on the line with me is Robert Bryce. You can find him at Robert Bryce. That's B-R-Y-C-E dot com. Uh, he has a recent documentary that was released in uh, 2020, Juice, How Electricity Explains the World. His latest book, he's written six books, is A Question of Power, Electricity, and the Wealth of Nations. Robert Bryce, that sounds very Adam Smith to me on your most recent book. Is that your inspiration? Well, sure, of course. I mean, I'd be <laughs> the Wealth of Nations. I can't use that phrase without, of course, nod. it's a nod to Adam Smith. But what I've been very pleased, the book, in fact, I'm just working on the preface for the paperback edition, which will be out in May. Um and I've been very pleased with the book uh, and its reception, the reception it's received. Um, electricity, as I point out in the book, is the world's most important and fastest-growing form of energy. And this disparity between the rich countries and the, and the poor countries is the key defining disparity in the world today. Um, you know, what we make, we take for granted, uh, uh, you know, uh, affordable, reliable, resilient electric grids. But we're the exception around the world. Uh, so... Um, I'm, I'm very proud of the book, and, and um, uh, this uh, I've been my, my suspicion a few years ago when I started working on it has been proven right, which is that electricity is is, is is going to be the key fuel of the 21st century, and that's uh, clearly the case. And it, it is generated uh, affordably by hydrocarbons, correct? Well, around the world, yes, that is by far, you know, it, it of course varies by country. You know, you, I, in, in the book, I talk about Iceland as well. In my movie, we went to Iceland. Iceland has 100% carbon-free electricity. Well, why is that? Because they get, they have so much hydropower and they have geothermal. But, it, you know, it, it varies all across the, the, uh, across the world. And, of course, it varies heavily uh, depending on which state you're in. West Virginia, that is 90% coal-fired generation. You know, other states, you know, in the northwest, they get a lot of hydro. So how much hydrocarbons are, are what their share of the electric generation mix depends on where you are. But, yes, as a general statement, all across the world, hydrocarbons still continue to provide uh, you know the the majority by far of the electricity we produce as a, a, a globally. Okay, and uh, it seems that policies are kneecapping, obviously, um, in Western Europe, and these policies they're trying to put are, are putting in here in America are are kneecapping our uh, hydrocarbons industry as well, but. Over in China and India, they're building coal-fired plants over there, and they're not uh, being constricted by all of these environmental, and I have it in uh, air quotes, concerns that are kneecapping uh, what's happening here in America and, and in Western Europe, right? 
Well, I call this the iron law of electricity, uh, Kim, and it's a point that I, after thinking about going around the world over the last few years, uh, India, Iceland, Lebanon, Puerto Rico, looking at the world through the lens of electricity, what I realized, and, and it took me a, a while to get this, was people will do whatever they have to do to get the electricity they need. That's the iron law of electricity. And so what we see in India and, and China is a massive increase in the amount of coal-fired generation that they're, that they're using, right, because both countries have uh, abundant coal deposits, and they need electricity to fuel their economy, so they're burning coal. We see the same thing happening in Europe. Remember, I, don't, I, I wrote about this, I think it was in Real Clear Energy, just a few weeks ago, that in Germany, Germany's turning back to lignite. Well, lignite is the most carbon-intensive fuel you can use for generating electricity. They're expanding a lignite mine to, to burn lignite to produce power, and to expand the lignite mine, they, they had to, wait for it, dismantle a wind project. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I get it. Right, so when it comes down to brass tacks, when it comes down to making sure you have enough juice to fuel your economy, you'll tear down the wind project to make way for the coal mine. That's the reality of the situation. Interesting. You did a, a recent podcast that looks very interesting. It said, and it was a, with a Peter Zihan. Is that right? It says, and this is regarding his book, "The End of the World Is Just Beginning: Max, uh, Mapping the Collapse of Globalization." That that sounds pretty fascinating. It was. I, uh, I, I, Zion is fascinating to me. His book is really very. Uh, he's an unusual person, and you know, you have to be to kind of be a geopolitical analyst, I suppose, but. Uh, he um, synthesizes a vast amount of information, and the podcast was a lot of fun. It's been very popular um, downloads of the podcast. Um, but he's very bearish on China and very bullish on the United States, which I, I wasn't as w- aware of the demographic problems in China until I started reading his work. And then, but I, I am long-term bullish, uh, absolutely, on the United States. That for all of our handicaps, for all of our challenges. We're still the best house in a bad neighborhood, and we, you know, and, and we're going. To, and I think from demographics, energy, geography, there are a lot of things. He and I are very much in agreement in that regard. In that, the U.S. is still, despite our many challenges, very, has a very advantageous position relative to the rest of the world. Uh, leadership does matter, though, uh, and uh, American people need to wake up to what's what's going on. That's why the work that you're doing. Uh, is so important, Robert Bryce. Uh, but I think people, I'm not sure people have connected the dots yet to the doubling of their um, XL bills to this policy. But that's why you do what you do and why we do what we do, is people need to be able to connect those dots, Robert Bryce. Well, look, energy is the most important sector in the world. This is every other industry. It's one of the reasons why I consider myself so lucky to do what I do. I've been studying energy and power for 30 years, writing about it for all this time. Every other industry depends on the energy sector, and we take it for granted at our extreme peril. And we do need to make sure that we have cheap, abundant, reliable energy and power, and because those are the basis of, of our entire civilization. And we again, we ignore them at our peril, and we are seeing in Europe the warning uh, of the and the model what not to follow. And I hope um, you know that we we get some more sanity. We need energy realism because energy realism is energy humanism. Uh, I recently had on um, Vijay Jagarwal. 
Raj, uh, and he's with the CO2 uh, Coalition, and he's in India. And he said in India, they're talking about energy rights. And I was thinking that's uh, that's something that we need to talk about here in America as well, is, is energy rights instead of policy that is uh, making energy you know, less affordable for the poor and the working class. We need to make sure we protect those energy rights. I thought that was fascinating. Well, it is. And I've seen that term, a similar theme called energy justice, that low-income people need access to energy. And one of the things that you need to watch there in Colorado is the effort to ban use of natural gas. Mm-hmm. And the city of Denver has floated this. But we see this in California, where they have banned the use of natural gas in new buildings. Um, and the Sierra Club is pushing for a similar ban nationally. And um, so natural gas continues to be, for, for consumers, the lowest cost of form of in-home uh, energy. And so this, again, I think that access to that form of energy is critical if we're going to uh, avoid these regressive taxes that are, you know, these big NGOs are pushing because a tax on energy is, is regressive. Inevitably, it's regressive and hits the poor and the middle class more. Well, absolutely. Robert Bryce, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, happy to be with you, Kim. Good luck. And you can find him at Robert Bryce. That's B-R-Y-C-E dot com. And our quote for the end of the show is from Maggie Thatcher. She said, the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucratic the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show, hour number two. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And uh, thank you to the team I work with. That's producer Luke, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Luke, and welcome back from vacation. Yeah, good to be back, and uh, happy Thursday to you as well. Yes, I can't believe what it is. It's December 8th already. Christmas is going to be here before we know it. Time is flying way too quickly. I don't like it. Slow it down. <laughs> Slow it down. Can you talk to someone about that? I'll, I'll work on that. Thank you. My dad always said, time waits on no one, and he's absolutely correct. Uh, I think we have time for one headline here in the second hour. This is from Colorado Politics, and uh, also um, 
Uh, yeah, here by Hannah Metzger. It says Colorado is in the process of hiring over a dozen employees to support diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives in the state. It's a key provision under the state's agreement with the Colorado Winds Labor Union. That's W-I-N-S, Colorado Winds. They always use these words. You know, who's going to lose is everyday people. But uh, signed by Governor Jared Polis in November of 2021. The agreement called for the establishment of a statewide equity office with 10 positions, in addition to nine positions within state entities to support and hold accountable the equity, diversion, and inclusion initiatives of the state and state entities. It was created with the passage of uh, House Bill 1397 in June. And as of the end of November, the state is working on hiring this director. The governor's office did not re, uh, respond to repeated inquiries. And it says, um, and I think what's important to realize is that government doesn't create anything. All of these employees that will be pushing uh, basically uh, um, policies of division to instead of looking at individuals by the content of their character and encouraging individuals to be the best they can be. Instead, it will be looking at people uh, because of their descriptors. And we are using taxpayer dollars to push this out. And I imagine that there will probably be ramifications, fines, penalties, or whatever, if people don't, uh, businesses, people don't, you know, hit whatever it, it these um, these uh, initiatives are, are uh, trying to force. And uh, again, they're doing this with everyday hardworking people's money uh, so that they'll be paid salaries, they'll be paid public pensions. And uh, all the while, as everyday people are working their tushes off to pay for higher energy costs that are because of bad public policy by this governor and this legislature. And uh, and then higher prices at the grocery store, again, because of bad public policy. And we need to connect the dots so that people start to understand that elections do have consequences. And the people that you are sending down there are not representing you. They're representing special interests uh, with that. Do you want to make a quick comment on that, Luke, before we get over here to Cora? No, I 100% agree. I've always thought it was interesting. You know, what is it? I remember seeing it somewhere, and don't quote me on this, but... Um, what middle-aged white males pay on average the most in taxes and then use the least number of tax-funded things. Uh, and I've always thought about how interesting it would be if you could go online and allocate your taxes. You know, here's 100% of my tax dollars and I want 50% of it to go to this. And you could, you know, throw yeah. your tax dollars. What government programs would still exist after a year? Yeah, or actually lower taxes so people have more of their own money and they can make those decisions where they're going to spend that. And, you know, the, on that quick note, uh, um, and you mentioned successful white males who uh, they are totally at the bottom of the food chain. Uh, and particularly if they're straight males, they're at the bottom of the food chain. Uh, and, and, and now I lost my train of thought now, as I was making that particular, that particular point. Um, Boy, that doesn't happen very often. So I'll come back to that. All right. It's okay. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anyway, let's jump over here to Core Madison. Core Madison is with Roots Medical. They're great sponsors of the show. And Roots Medical, R-O-O-T-S Medical, getting to the root of your health. And uh, instead of just treating symptoms and Band-Aids, they actually are are talking about helping you be the best that you can be from a health standpoint. Uh, Core Madison, welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me, Kim. Good morning. I'm, I may need to talk to you about something from memory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about vaccines. And Cora, this took my breath away on the headlines today that, uh, first of all, vaccinated people are making up the majority of the uh, deaths now. That's from the CDC. But uh, from the Epic Times, Pfizer and BioNTech are asking the FDA to clear updated COVID-19 vaccines for babies and toddlers. And yet we're seeing that there's injuries from vaccines. What's your thoughts on this, Cora? Yeah, well, wasn't it just last week that the V-Safe data came out that showed that 33% of the people of the only 10 million people that they caught on the V-Safe data, that 33% had some sort of adverse effect. And of those 33%, uh, 3.3 million approximately, 1.6 million were unable to return to their normal functioning the next day. So whether that was going to school, going to work, right? And that was just the V-Safe data for 18 and older much less for children. Um, We don't have any long-term studies, and that's the scary part, right? We don't have any five-year data. We don't have 10-year data. And just two years out from giving this to adults, we're seeing that the long-term consequences of this, that now 50, then that data was just from August. And in August, 58% of COVID deaths were vaccinated or partially vaccinated people that clearly this is doing something to our system, which I think we were warned by Dr. Malone of um, autoimmune enhancement, right, against COVID if you get these vaccines. And is that what we're seeing? I don't know. But I do know that in clinic we are also seeing people who have vaccine injury. Um, And then I was just treating a girl who had alpha um, COVID right when it came out and had a very severe case. And she is so afraid of getting COVID that she keeps getting these vaccines, but yet her symptoms keep getting worse and worse. And talk about uh, medicine. We just like to put Band-Aids on things. So then she's being treated for all of her symptoms, but she's never being treated for the underlying cause of what caused all of it, which was the toxins of spike protein. And I just think that we don't know the long-term data from this. We have two years of data in adults, and what we're seeing is not good. And um, I don't know what is it going to take to wake people up that this is not safe for our children. If we're seeing these severe reactions in adults, what is it going to take for our poor children to defend them? It's very scary to me. It is of great concern. And, of course, you don't give medical advice and I don't give medical advice. You see your I mean, you want to see patients, but it seems like common sense would be to. Uh, uh, you mentioned this particular patient that's vaccine injured. I mean, the the first thing to do is probably to stop taking the boosters. Uh, it, at least that seems like that would be the common sense thing. And then, and then start to work on, on. Uh, I mean, there are things that people can do to get themselves back to a healthier standpoint. Correct, Cora. Correct. Yep. Yes, and I think that's the hard part is um, people are coming to our office and the first thing they start to do is start to cry because they actually feel like somebody's listening to them for the first time. And so if we can get that message out there to let people know that there is a group of practitioners, if you're not in the Denver metro area, you can go to Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom, that we will listen to you, we will hear you, we want to help you. Um, and just to let people know that we are out there in the Roots Medical, we hear you. We are compassionate towards you, and we do believe 
that there are adverse effects to this uh, mRNA treatment. And just to let people know, like, there are adverse effects to taking Tylenol. There are adverse effects that you can have taking melatonin. So the fact that the FDA um, is saying that there's no adverse effects is crazy. I have a really good friend that works at the University of Colorado who was saying she was just in on one of their lectures talking about upcoming medications and their update on the COVID vaccine. And she goes, it was funny because I was sitting there and they're giving the side effects of all these different um, new medications coming out and they're giving updates on the pros and cons of taking all these meds. And then it comes to the COVID vaccine and she goes, they never once mentioned, oh, these are the adverse effects you should be looking for in patients. So even our universities aren't even recognizing it. It's like they have a plank in their eye um, that they just want to see the splinter and the rest of us unvaccinated but they have a plank covering their eyes and blinding them. Oh, my gosh, Cora. But you can can help people. And, like, the, the first thing is is just caring, caring about people. And that's what you do at Roots Medical. That's R-O-O-T-S, Roots Medical. And people can get more information at rootsmedical.net. And then you are um, very involved with the Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom as well. So, Cora Madison, you guys are great sponsors of the show. Thank you for this update. You have a great day. Thanks. And again, that's Roots, R-O-O-T-S, rootsmedical.net. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk with Susan Kochevar. She is an entrepreneur. She's the owner of 88 Drive-In Theater. She does a tremendous amount of research. But the family leave insurance program was passed by the people of Colorado last year. And now it's be, uh, going to be implemented. And uh, she just recently got something from, I think, the... Um, uh, well, from the state of Colorado, and uh, we wanted to talk about that. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Susan Kochevar. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. 
thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Thrilled to have on the line with me a great sponsor of the show, and that is Susan Kochevar. She is an entrepreneur. She's uh, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, and she's an excellent researcher. Susan Kochevar, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kim. Good morning, everyone. Great to have you. Uh, You received something from the state of Colorado regarding this family, which was the uh, uh, family insurance leave program that was passed by the people of Colorado. We were a strong no on our recommendation on that. But you got some information from the state of Colorado. So what should people know about this, uh, Susan? There's quite a bit to unpack here. So they have a website I encourage people to go to. But, yes, I received a notice in the Department of Labor and Employment um, mailing, which informs employers how much, what their insurance rate is for unemployment. And so I flipped it over, and then I see that there's a flyer for the Family Leave Act. Uh, And I got this on, it was mailed out on November 30th. So this seems like it's going out very late to employers. This uh, Family Leave Act is, well, Proposition 118 it was, is is an insurance program, and I say that, in air quotes, and uh, employers will have to begin deducting an amount from employees' paychecks beginning in January. So the fact that it came out at the beginning of December and went to employers as flyer does not leave a lot of time to incorporate that into your payroll programs. And if you're like me and you use a company, in my case I use Square, I have to go make sure they're set up to uh, accommodate this uh, payroll tax deduction now. Okay. Now, from the you sent over a, a photo of this, and uh, interestingly enough, I think people didn't realize that all employees will be uh, contributing to this. Instead of employees being able to have more money in their pocket to save for a rainy day if they needed to, all employees will be, um, this will be deducted from their, their paycheck, Correct. That's correct. Um, so it's see, is it point nine percent of your paycheck? Wow. Yeah. So, and and um, so depending, there's a breakdown there. If you have nine or fewer employees, then you just have to deduct the full amount from the employees' pay. If you have ten or more employees, you have to match or share it with the employee. So uh, each party would pay uh, 0.45% of that premium, they're calling it. Uh, You have, there's a voluntary uh, participation for self-employed people, or if you're self-employed, you can not take part in that. Uh, There is a, local governments can vote themselves out of the Can you believe that? But yet a a small business couldn't. Small businesses cannot. then if, um, or if your employer has a, a approved private plan, they can opt out of this as well. And pretty much what this does, is supposed to do, is when an employee has a major life event and they go through what those are, you know, a birth, um, the, another example is a military deployment, a family member is ill or you are ill, you can get up to 12 weeks leave. And some people can actually, for particular circumstances get an additional four weeks so you could potentially have 16 uh, weeks of leave Uh, 
So and during that time, employers, they say the employers save the money they'd otherwise be paying in wages. <laughs> um, assuming your business is the, the still standing after um, you are without employees for that amount of time, employers are already struggling for employees. So, um, you know, if you had two or three people out, that could be quite debilitating for a small business. And that could potentially happen then. And, it, I mean, it, it certainly sounds compassionate, attractive mm-hmm. for, say, if you had a, um, a parent that might be uh, dying, passing on. I mean, I know, that, I know that it sounded very attractive to people. They'd said, oh, gosh, if this happened in my life, this would be great that I could be paid to take that time off and be with my loved one for whatever this life event is. That does sound um, compassionate, that sounds attractive, but over, and, and, and the job is supposed to be held open for that person, even though they could be gone three to four months. So the employer is going to have to figure out how to run their business with that employee gone. So are they going to go hire somebody for just three or four months? I mean, this makes it very difficult. To be a small to mid-sized business in Colorado, it is becoming more and more difficult. And, you know, what the other thing that you're going to see is is, um, a lot of, of, of businesses won't grow past nine employees because they get dinged once that happens. Right. A lot of employers will, um, you know, it, reduce as much staff as possible to get under under that um, threshold. And, um, you know, I think it wasn't, wasn't it alignable that said that um, small businesses have indicated that I think 44% of them cannot pay their full rent or cannot pay rent at all. And a good deal of them expect to close in December of 20. Uh, 2022 so this year that will really put the finishing touches on those businesses uh it's it's just another giant burden and in here uh, it says your employer can be nice enough to pay the full amount for you so that you don't have to match it and i would encourage businesses not to do that because when you pay the full amount and people don't see the impact of stuff that gets passed um it's easy to demonize businesses, and people don't understand the pressure that small business and business in general is under, complying with all of these mandates. It, it, well, uh, well, and and that's uh, and that's true. And the, then the other thing is, is if it was such a great idea, why is it that local governments? could vote to opt out. Again, picking winners and losers. Uh, If, in fact, uh, local governments can opt out, it seems like all businesses should have the option to opt out. At least that seems reasonable to me. Right. Or an opt-in for, you know, um, or an opt-in even would be, um, or, or, you know, if an employee is or an individual is worried about this sort of thing or thinks that this is a factor for their family, they should have the option to buy their own private leave insurance. Oh, that's a good idea. And yeah. the nine percent, uh, their point nine percent that's being taken from their their paycheck, they could take that money and decide to do that if that was important to them. Yes, that's right. Now, there's another caveat. They're going to collect this money from Colorado citizens for a full year 
before anybody can even draw um, any of the funds uh, or take the leave because they need to, to fill the fund. And then after that, they will, you know, each year the amount can go up depending on how much the fund has been used or, or drawn down. And if I recall correctly, didn't this set up an unelected board yeah, with I think so. appointed by the governor? I think, I think so. So another whole set yeah. of bureaucrats. And they'll probably be um, drawing salaries and pensions uh, from this program as well. But what happens if more people request time off than what the fund has money for? What do you think will happen then, Susan Kochevar? Well, I think they'll drastically raise the rate on em- employers and employees. I-, I think that's exactly what will happen. And is there any accountability um, or auditing trail for this additional government program? I'm going to guess not. So, Well, and who decides, who decides um, whether or not a person can partake in this? I-, I mean, that was a question that I was always wondering, is who, who says, I mean, can you just come in and say, Hey, I need to take 12 weeks off because of da-da-da-da-da? Or, I mean, who's going to decide on that? That's always a question as well. Again, it'll be government picking winners and losers. It really will. And they have on their website uh, family. So it's F-A-M-L-I, not, not spelled a traditional way, but family with an I in the end, dot Colorado.gov. They have um, a calculator on there so you can see. It just estimates how much money will be taken from you from your paychecks every week. And they also have uh, a list of frequently asked questions. Interestingly, the IRS has not decided whether or not they are going to tax the benefits that you get from this. So you'll receive what's called a 1099G. So um, the state will not tax it, but the IRS could tax your benefits. Very interesting. And, but, well, okay, let's go to break because I have some human nature questions then to ask you about that. So talking with Susan Kochevar uh, regarding the family FAMLI, it's an uh, insurance program, a family leave insurance program. It was passed by the voters of Colorado last year. And, of course, uh, it, it was sold without people understanding just exactly what was going to happen with it. Now we're looking at the the ins and outs of that. And so we're going to go to break. We'll be right back uh, with Susan Kochevar. But I have a number of great sponsors. And before we go to break, I wanted to talk with Karen Levine. Uh, you know her. She's an award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. Phone number is 303-877-7516. Karen, I can't believe that we are in December now. It's just really hard to believe. Um, but people are, are going to be starting to look at next year. So what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I was thinking about here we are, the beginning of December, and people are making plans for the holidays, but they're also thinking ahead to 2023. And what's that look to them? And maybe a housing change is on their radar. Maybe they're thinking they um, are ready for that bigger house. Their family is growing or um, they become empty nesters and they're ready maybe for um, a different type of housing. Um, as they get to thinking about these things, I want them to know I'm a resource for them to have and start that conversation. And it's never too early to start that conversation. We can just talk about their goals, what it is they're trying to achieve, how we can maximize those opportunities based on the changing market. And we certainly have seen the market changing 
over 2022? It has certainly has been <laughs> wild with uh, the change in interest rates. People still have significant appreciation in their homes uh, because those lower interest rates had created that that um, appreci- appreciation. Uh, so, but there's always opportunity, and you and and Lauren Levy with um, Polygon Financial Group uh, in, regarding mortgages, you can really help people with these potential opportunities. But preparation is so important. It is, and sometimes they're like, "Oh, we really don't want to do anything for maybe six nine months," but. If I have you on my radar and I'm watching the market, I have the ability to let you know that, hey, there's an opportunity that might reveal itself at this point in time. If that's good for you, maybe you can act on it or maybe we want to hold off a little bit. So planning is always a good thing and getting prepared now versus later is certainly recommended. Well, most definitely. So Karen Levine, uh, and you can help people on new bills, selling a house, buying a home. Uh, What's the best way for people to reach you? The best way to reach me is 303-877-7516. Karen Levine, you are such a valued partner of both the shows and uh, a valued friend. Uh, And I know that having you on uh, somebody's side of the table uh, is really important. And so, again, I highly recommend reaching out to Karen Levine at 303-877-7516. Karen, we will talk to you next week. That sounds great. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. What you feed your skin matters. Botanical Rush is clean, professional skincare that only uses pure ingredients to restore and protect the skin. Your skin absorbs the products you put on it. So when you're using something every day, you better know what the ingredients are. Botanical Rush professional formulas are not just pure and potent. They are affordable. With regular use, these beautiful botanical formulas support collagen production, skin's precious moisture barrier, and reduce hyperpigmentation. Myra Mesco, the founder of Botanical Rush, holds every Every ingredient accountable to meet or exceed her high standards. Botanical Rush is non-toxic skincare, free of chemicals, estrogen mimickers, or artificial fragrances that hinder the skin's radiance. Discuss your skincare needs with Myra and set up a consultation at klzradio.com beauty or email info at botanicalrush.com and use the exclusive Kim Monson discount code KIM15 for your first order for a 15% discount at checkout. That's botanicalrush.com code KIM15. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. 
All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Susan Kochevar, we as human beings, there is something called human nature. And I I know that, that uh, I don't know what the, the elites, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, they put through policies that they don't have to really see the effects of. The fact that on this family leave um, program that local government can opt out, but yet small businesses can't. Right there, that's a big red flag. But let's talk about human nature. And human nature, first of all, people are going to be looking at their paychecks. 0.9% if it is a um, a smaller company or with uh, employees of 10 or more, it's uh, 4.45% paid by the employer, 0.45% paid by the employee. First thing people say, if I'm paying into it, then I need to get something out of it, correct? I mean, that's just human nature, Susan. For sure. So Mm -hmm. you will see employees that will want to take advantage of this because they're paying into it. And it it looks to me like it will be such a a demand on the system that, to your point, uh, they're probably going to raise the tax instead of saying, wait a minute, this was a really bad idea. Right. And at a time when people are already struggling with increased gas prices, increased utility prices, and grocery prices, now they're going to have an additional amount deducted from their paychecks. It just makes everything harder for everyone. It makes it very hard for small businesses to um, hire new people at an increased pay rate because now we have another expense. It also makes it very difficult to give um, even modest raises because now we're matching uh, this, this fund, this um, premium. And I think most people would prefer a raise to a tax, yes? <laughs> yes, people know how they need to spend their money, not government. You, you know, it's, it's government making little piles of, well, you have to pay this, you have to pay this, you have to pay this. And that may not be what that individual needs. And, and government just cannot dictate like that. Um, now, it, it never works out well. Well, and you mentioned something interesting before we went to break, and that is the IRS has not uh, issued whether or not they will uh, consider these benefits as uh, taxable income. So let's just think about this. I'm an employee. I'm paying 0.9% into this insurance fund. And I could take 12 weeks off and possibly, you know, make the same amount of money except not be taxed. 
I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this would put tremendous demand on this particular program. It will, and some people can actually get 16 weeks. Yeah, it will uh, take put tremendous uh, pressure um, on the on the um, fund, and uh, so I see this just skyrocketing, actually. Well, and it we ha- see all of this is almost like death by a thousand cuts. First of all, to uh, for small and mid-sized businesses here in Colorado, but also from people's paychecks. Uh, a little here, a little there, and then we continue to see each entity uh, comes forward and they're like, oh, this is only the cup, this is only uh, like a cup of coffee a, a day or whatever, if you or a week or whatever it is. It's only this, it's only this, but with all these different entities asking for this money, uh, we're seeing people, uh, their paychecks are being squeezed, and of course, they're squeezed from inflation and squeezed from high energy prices. And we got to get this thing turned around, Susan Kochevar. That's a very important point. You know, this election, the citizens of Colorado voted to reduce the state income tax. And so we see what happens. People think, oh, I'll have more money in my paycheck. But then all these thousand little cuts come in, take little bites of your paycheck, and you don't wind up uh, any better for it. Um, so... We have this state income tax, and, and, and they're trying to, Governor Polis and others have talked about eliminating it. Well, you can do that, but then they come in in all these other little ways, take all of your, your paycheck, they start cutting it down, and it reduces people to small groups who are fighting particular deductions. And uh, it's very difficult for a small group to have enough time and a tough, enough money to push back on all these little cuts. So I call it decentralization of taxation. And when there's decentralization of taxation, there's not a group big enough or strong enough to push back on all the little cuts. So uh, and I also, um, in states that have um, only a property tax, uh, and I think property taxes are evil. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't make, don't, don't misunderstand me. Um, it, you know, it means that um, you never own your property. But when there's one big giant property tax, then you have a great big pool of interested parties in cutting that property tax amount down. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think, easier to fight back. So I think these uh, PBIs know what they're doing. They want to eliminate that state tax and come in with all these little cuts. So the groups are all broke down into, oh, here's some employers mm-hmm. or, or just men or, you know, whoever works in what industry. And you can't you can't fight it back. And that's the same with regulate, regulation. Regula- regulation is very decentralized. So it's hard to get. Uh, it only affects this little group of business owners here in this way and this business in this way. And it's too hard to get a group big enough to fight back. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I really think that this is by design. And the people of Colorado, they need to s- smarten up. As you, um, as you know, Susan, I do a voter's guide on the issues that are on the Colorado ballot. And these issues can be put on the ballot by referral from the legislature, or it can be through citizen initiative. Uh, And that is, you know, somebody standing out in front of the hardware store, the grocery store and saying, hey, just sign this. Just get it on the ballot. 
Uh, and then you, what we've seen is interested parties are the ones that are, are pushing some of these different initiatives. And so this last time, and Natalie Minton and I had talked about it, uh, there was big money that came in regarding the Prop 123, which was the, again, air quotes, affordable housing. Affordable housing, the real word is government housing. And I think most people don't want to live in government housing. And when we talk to Karen Levine regarding home ownership, that is a great way for people to start to create wealth. Uh, they're creating equity. And then to your point, property taxes is uh, if you don't pay your property taxes, then your your home could be sold at a, at a, t- a property tax sale. And... When the World Economic Forum says that by 2030 people will own nothing and they will be happy about it, I see that that could happen through taxation uh, and it could happen through inflation, energy prices. uh, And uh, so that's why these taxes, I mean, it's of great concern. So it's government policy that is making homeownership more and more expensive And then they come through with something to fix it, which then means government owns it instead of private enterprise. But hold hold on to your put put your seatbelt on with this headline that I'm going to mention to you. And this is um, says on the heels. This is from the Colorado Sun, December 1, 2022. Uh, It says a proposed ballot initiative for 2023 for 2023. Sorry, would impose a fee on all real estate deals to fund affordable, actually, let's use the word government housing. So this would make it more and more difficult for people to um, buy and sell their property. Can you believe it, Susan Kochevar? That's terrible because buying property is the, one of the best ways to build your wealth. There's a program There's a program in Denver, I think it was, where people could buy homes at a reduced rate, and there was a, but there was a caveat. When they went to sell it, they couldn't sell it for more than I think they bought the house. So people bought these homes not realizing how it would impact them, and they couldn't actually – the asset had increased in value, but they couldn't take that increase in value. They, they discovered that that caveat was in – their um, sale agreement, right. and that really holds uh, people back. It, it's right. and and then I think correct. there are some programs where you can't that the property you can sell it at only a certain uh, appreciated price. So if the market is much greater than that, then you do not receive that as well. And and uh, and again, it's government that is creating these problems for people on affordable housing. Uh, we've seen um, potentially. Here at the legislature, they may try to. It, it's you mentioned decentralizing, so there's things they decentralize, but then there's things they want to centralize, and that would be building codes. They would want to centralize that down in uh, for statewide instead of letting local governments make those particular decisions. And you can see that that is going to increase the cost of housing as well, because you'll see different special interests will lobby that the, that their particular product needs to be mandated in new bills or remodels, and that increases the price of housing. And uh, so isn't it interesting how they can use freedom when they want or, or decentralizing when they want. It's it's pretty insidious. It's pretty smart, but not in a good way the way this is working right now. That's very bad for individuals. Well, one of the things they're working to do is take away the competitiveness of cities. 
So I, you know, and you've seen that certainly in Lone Tree with the sales tax issue. Um, you know, if you have lower sales tax, people are going to come into your city and spend money. Well, if we even all that out, then there's no reason for people to travel to your city. Um, if if you use these certain building codes and another city doesn't, and so one has higher um, building costs, higher home purchase costs, then there's there's no competition there between the cities. And I think that's one of the things they're working to to do is destroy that competition between cities. I, I think so as well. And that was why um, we worked really hard to try to defeat that sales tax increase in Lone Tree. And that was a whole nother game. So, Susan, first of all, we're going to go to break here in just a moment. We have Myra Mesco on the line, and uh, she is the founder of Botanical Rush. So I want to talk with her about that. Can you stay on during the call-in time, Susan, or do you need to jump uh, with your schedule? No, I I'm good. I can stay on. Okay, fantastic. So I want to talk to Myra Mesco. She is a true entrepreneur, and she is the founder of a really great skincare line, and that is Botanical Rush. And I wanted to get her on to talk just a a little bit about that. So Myra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, and good morning to everyone. Susan, I have to tell you, what an amazing segment. And as a small business owner, I feel like my topic today or, you know, my business is, is just definitely not paramount you know, to talk about because what you're talking about is so important. And again, as a small business owner, I get it. And I have to tell you, I talk to women and men, but mostly women every day because I do consumer consult- consultations you know, for skincare for free. Um, and they tell me that they want something for their eyes, something for their skin because they're looking older. They have puffy eyes. And I ask them, you know, what's going on? Why are, why are your eyes all of a sudden starting to show your age and why are they puffy? Well, you know, I've been crying a lot. And, you know, it is affecting people. And I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, help them, number one, know that they're beautiful from the inside out. But we have products to help them. But we also provide them at a very low cost because I'm a consumer advocate first and foremost. But again, back to the topic here, it, it is just heartbreaking, Susan and, uh, and Kim. It just, it's so great that we're talking about this, and I hope more people tune in and get wise to this. Well, definitely. And Myra, I wanted to talk a little about your products, though. You have created these, sure. uh, and um, you're located right here in Colorado. Bless you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. as as we're getting in, we're, Christmas is right around the corner, and certainly uh, you can help people with gift selection. Uh, but as we're getting into the new year, people are always wanting to turn over a new leaf. And yeah. anti-aging, taking care of your skin is so important. And so um, tell us how that might work. If somebody says, I want to turn over a new leaf and I don't want to be using, you know, all these chemicals, I don't want to be, you know, putting stuff into my body. What, how would that work, Myra? Well, you know, um, it's pretty simple. And, 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 you know, we're not here to produce Barbie dolls. And, you know, anti-aging, the term anti-aging, I just don't like that very much. It's more like age-defined, you know. I'm not, I'm, you know, we're going to age. We're going to have lines. But the way we age is what's really important. We can age gracefully. And we can use products like the most important nutrient for the skin would be like vitamin C that you could apply to the skin because it's very effective. There are many, many studies that have been done over the last three decades that have have proven that vitamin C topically at a per, at a certain percentage, okay, mind you, at a certain percentage, not theory dusted into a formula, but it has to be a therapeutic dose. 
can help the skin become brighter, have a healthier immune function, uh, heal uh, quicker, and also produce healthy collagen and elastin. So that's like the number one nutrient that people are looking for, and that's a good vitamin C serum. And ours is a full ounce for $38.95. Now, that's unheard of. And the biggest hurdle I find in my business is convincing people that ours is a therapeutic grade at a low price because they're so used to paying $130 for half an ounce. Yes. And they do it every day. Yes. Well, Myra, uh, I recommend people reach out to you. How can uh, people find you? So the easiest way is to either go to info at botanicalrush.com or email me directly. My name is spelled M-Y-R-A at botanicalrush.com. Ask for a consultation and I will contact you and we will discuss your skincare needs and there's no obligation to purchase. It's really just having a conversation about healthy skin and what one can do and do it in an affordable way. And, um, you know, it's it's... Right now is such an important time for people to, number one, take good care of themselves. There's so much stress in our lives. Abs- um, absolutely. And, yeah. And again, we're not here to produce Barbie dolls. We're here to have healthy skin and, and, and do that with clean formulas that are non-toxic, non-estrogenic. Us women have to be very careful. And men have mm-hmm. to be careful, too, of nutrients that they apply to the skin that can actually be estrogen disruptors and they're plentiful in the industry trust me (laughs) well myra and you look fantastic and we're going to have you on again next week and again that is botanical rush uh and that's myra mesco myra thank you so much thank you tim and thank you susan thank you so much bye-bye you bet and have a great day myra we're going to go to break we'll be right back Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes, depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights 
safely, and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, Susan Kochevar is on the line with me. She is a great sponsor of the show. She is the uh, owner of the historic 88 Drive-In Theater, as well as she is an entrepreneur. Susan, we were talking about this family leave program. It was passed by the voters of Colorado. And uh, we don't have a lot of time, but we have got to do something about our elections here in Colorado. We have what I consider to be legalized election manipulation. And uh, there's proof of it. We have uh, dirty and bloated voter rolls, and all these people are receiving uh, a ballot. Then they're being influenced by big money coming in, not and they don't and people don't totally understand what these issues are that's why we do the voters guide and uh, we continue to have more and more success with that but um we i i think regarding these elections in Colorado we've got to get get started on getting rid of this first of all legalized um voter manipulation or yeah election manipulation because all these people getting these ballots these mail in ballots flying all over the state legalized harvesting we're not going to get these things cleaned up until we get that done, Susan. Absolutely. And I'm with Mike Lindell. I think we need to get rid of the machines. Um, you have to vote in person and get rid of those machines. You cannot look at an algorithm and know how it's counting things, and those machines are always hackable. So um, you can't ever verify or certify a vote. I, I think I, I like that, but I think it's going to be difficult, Susan, because um, – Thoughtful and also thoughtful Colorado voters like to have that ballot and have time to sit down and and fill that out. So while I think, you know, a voting day and voting in person is a great idea, realistically, I think it's going to be difficult. Well, you know, I don't see anything that would prevent people from being able to get a copy of what their ballot's going to look like and sitting at home and sort of filling that out and then taking that with them to the um, polling place and then voting with it. So I don't, there are, there are other countries that do it this way and uh, it produces a verifiable count, which is what we really need. Right now, there's no way to verify that. And I know that the voter rolls are definitely um, a mess. When, when I was running, I I ran three races to the state house. And when I started running, uh, the Republicans would say, oh, well, you know, our data isn't good. Well, no, it's, state data that wasn't good. I would knock on doors even, my gosh, and that was almost about 10 years ago. Uh, it would say 10 people lived in a house, and the people would say, no, those people don't live here. I don't know who those people are. So this has been oh my gosh. Uh, happening for a very, very long time. It has been happening for quite some time. Uh, so we we got we to gotta make a change on that. Susan Kojifar, we have a minute left. First of all, thank you so much for Talking about this family leave insurance program, we can see disaster. I can see disaster on the horizon with that. (laughs) Yeah. And for someone like me, I'm a part-time business for, you know, part-time people. I don't even have 16 weeks or 12 weeks, barely 12 weeks in a season, and I still have to pay um, 
pay into this. It one size fits all. It doesn't work. And again, if you want more details and look at their uh, calendar that they have online, go to the family dot colorado dot gov and family spelled an I civil Y family dot colorado dot gov and you can see it all there and get some questions answered. Well, awesome. And uh, springtime is right around the corner. And Luke and I were talking about how fast time is going, and Christmas is on the horizon, and spring's. Going to be here before we know it, and the 88 Drive-In Theater theater will be open again. So thank you so much, Susan Kochevar. Greatly appreciate you and your sponsorship. Thank you so much. And our quote for the end of the show is Maggie Thatcher. She said, the problem with socialism is that you eventually run out of other people's money. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. Young, like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't serve.